What's up, y'all? This is the second episode for Nothing Finder Podcast this week. I am John. That is Wes. We're going to break down week two's best games. Um, like we did last week, we're going to wait until probably the last possible minute to give our bets just because the lines continuously change throughout the week. Um, there's a lot of good games the SEC's playing this week, including the first two in-conference games. Um mm-hmm. And then we're going to go into some couple couple interesting national games and then go over our bets from last week, which yeah. was a little rough. Um, inside the park baseball, we are recording this on Monday night, so all betting lines are subject to change. Check your sports books. Be confident in the line you choose and gamble responsibly. I do not want anybody sending me a private message about, oh, hey, man, I used your bet, so now I'm $10,000 in debt, because that is your problem. We are not responsible for you losing money. I will put that disclaimer on everything. (laughs) I am not even responsible for my poor choices. I'm not going to be responsible for yours. (laughs) Um, So just like we were earlier in this week, because this is going to be coming out on Wednesday or Thursday, Wes, you're still you're still drinking that hard bag. I am, and I am. <laughs> I'm about to pour my second glass of this Starlight. So if it gets a little squirrely at the end of this, Ooh-hoo. think that one twenty proof. I like it. So our bets from last week, and I will need a drink for this because neither of us did too hot. I went two for three on my parlay again. And I don't know if I've said this yet, but the way that I typically do a parlay is I'll do the parlay and then I'll bet each of those games individually as well. Just so if two of the three hit, I make my money back. I recommend you do that as well. Um, Just because there's always that one game that's going to get you. College football is unpredictable. Um, Like I said, I was high on Utah and they let us down worse than a bad manager at work. It was it was pretty bad. Um, Wes, I'll go ahead and let you own up to your your parlay because it was a little bit rougher than mine. Yeah, I was one for three. Uh, started out with a heart attack right off the rip with Penn State at minus three. Um, luckily, they covered that. I should have just went money line instead of with points because um, if I went money line, I I lost. I would have lost. Um, yeah, thanks NC's- LSU. Yeah, thanks, LSU. I had NC State minus 11 and a half. Started out good, um, and then they decided to do what they did against ECU, which apparently they do a lot against ECU. Hey, man, don't mess with the Pirates. Hey, like I said earlier. Purple Pirates. Can't spell parties without Pirates. But um, (laughs) And then LSU just completely shit in the bed, um, not taking Jaden Daniels out. That dude is the worst quarterback I have ever seen in college football. Let's go on a little bit of a tangent here. Over under week five before he goes to the transfer portal. The quarterback? Yeah. Or no, Kayshawn Butte. Yeah, Kayshawn Butte. Dude, he's done. He yeah. Week five. And I think if you take the over, you're insane. Yeah, he's already taken everything off his Instagram. He yeah, he's done. Which well, so did so did neighbors. The guy that muffed two punts took everything off of his Instagram too. And it's like, you're almost solely responsible for losing that game. Well, the thing Why is like, are you upset? With Boutte, like, he gave up on multiple plays. Oh, yeah. 
There were multiple like, routes that he was supposed to run, and he just didn't. Yeah, just gave up on it. But, I mean, all yeah. all, that was a great game. But, yeah, no, I was one for three. And we are going to keep track of these just so I can um, beat Wes <laughs> or something by the end of the season. Yeah, that was horrible. Um. We're just going to go ahead and move into these national games. There's a lot of good SEC matchups, so we're going to try and move through these national games fairly quickly. Um, but there are some very, very interesting possible upsets that we're going to talk about. First one is Louisville at UCF, another ACC team going to a group of five team. UCF is a – go ahead. No, keep going. <laughs> UCF is a six and a half point favorite against Louisville. Good. The uh, yeah, yeah. The over under is sixty one and a half. Um, another one of those games they don't really expect the defenses to show up, but it's Louisville and UCF, so I don't really know, really know if they have defenses on those teams. Speaking of Louisville not having a defense, they didn't have an offense last week either. Yeah, fuck um, you, tell me about it. They lost to Syracuse. Like, the burnt orange team from New York that plays in a dome, Syracuse. What is it, 37 to 7? Yeah. Yeah, no. Insane. But it, regardless of what happened last week, it's difficult to count out Malik Cunningham. He, okay. He's a hell of an athlete. Okay. What's that? Fuck him. Oh, he's your quarterback in the, in the fantasy league, isn't he? Yeah. I'm about to put Stetson in. Who Stetson would have been the better week one play by far. Yeah, he had he had like almost 40 points. Oh, you messed up on that one. Yeah, Cunningham had like five. My my week one fantasy did not go well. I accidentally started C Rod and Cameron Latu, <laughs> who neither of them played. Um, yeah, it was rough. Oh, oh, and I had I had Kendall Milton on the bench to who who had almost twenty points, and I would have won my matchup if I would have played him instead yeah. of C Rod. I had Brock Bauer starting, and the NC State tight end went off. So yeah, he's the only person on that team that went off. Yeah, but yeah, I was so mad about fantasy, and then I had um, Ward from Florida State. You know, the running back, apparently he had a fucking bye week, according to the fantasy. So, everything he did last night gave me no points. Are you serious? Yeah. We'll, we'll look into that later. I'll see if there's I'll see if there's a setting or something that messed yeah. up on that. Because like, he did what? really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, back to UCF. And um, UCF had a tune-up game last week. I don't even remember who they played. Uh, um, hold on. I got you. I got to pull it up. All right. Um, UCF has hit the transfer portal almost as well as Ole Miss. They've recruited well under Gus Malzahn. Um, who You got it? Yeah, they played South Carolina State. South Carolina State. So, tune-up game. I, I, if I remember right, 56-10? Yep. Yep. Um, Gus Malzahn's first season in the bounce house beat Florida in the bowl game, and that just made everyone in Florida's heart happy. Um, we cannot forget that UCF runs the state of Florida for this, at least this year. Uh, yeah. 
Louisville at UCF in the bounce house. Gus Malzahn, what do you got for this one? Um, I'm going UCF, but I'm definitely taking the under. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't see Louisville scoring <laughs> after what they did to Syracuse. Oh. I, 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 I'm not saying they're going to get shut out. I'm saying they're not going to score a lot. And that 62, like, yeah, UCF put up 56, but that's still well, – I guess that's only like 10, Louisville scoring 10. But I don't see – you know, yeah, I'm, still, I'm taking the under. All right. I like it. You talked me into it. I would take the under on this and also UCF minus yeah. six and a half. It's a home game in a, in a big stadium in a big home favorite stadium. Um, I think they I think they do well in this one. Yeah. Next game, Nashville, we're going to talk about is actually another ACC game. And I put this on here because I think the Tar Heels are on upset alert for the third week in a row. Uh, we got Georgia State playing at North Carolina. Nope. North Carolina – it's at and it's at state. It's at state. It's at state. Did I mess that up? <laughs> it's at state. I'm like, <laughs> unless the ESPN app's wrong, it's at state. Center Park State. No, you're 100 percent correct. It is at state. My bad, guys. <laughs> so we've got North Carolina going to Georgia State. So they're going to pay, play a Group of Five team away for the second week in a row. And Georgia State, if they hadn't had two blocked punts returned for touchdowns against South Carolina, was making that a game. Yeah. Um, UNC's just looked terrible. They gave up 61 points, 40-something points against the Florida A&M team that almost didn't even play because they didn't have enough players. <laughs> Personally, I, th I think I'm – I think I'm going to take State plus seven on this one. What do you think? So, a little shameless plug, I guess you can call it. I don't know. If you listen to the last episode, uh, North Carolina has not won – or last season did not win a single road game. And they're continuing that streak. I oh, know they beat App State. Never mind. They I beat, take that back. Barely beat App they State. They barely beat App State. So, I'll take that back. They're not continuing that streak, but – yeah, they like shouldn't he, have beat App State if you want to count it because App State lost because they missed a field goal. Yeah. But State, they're not a bad team. No. They play in the old Turner Field, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, I want to go to a game there. Right, just because. But, no, I think I like Georgia State. I like them to win. Yeah. No, I think win outright for Georgia State is going to be a um, going to be a pretty popular pick for this one. It, because – like you said, they were two block punts being returned for a touchdown. They That was a game, the whole game against South Carolina. And that was in South Carolina. That was in William Bryce Stadium, which is supposedly one of the hardest stadiums to play in. And State made that a game. Hey, don't sleep on Spencer Rattler. He was supposed to be a Heisman winner at one point. Yeah, well, I don't see why he's in everybody's top five SEC quarterbacks when he lost his starting position in a conference that doesn't even play defense. I'm to the point, I don't know if he's top five in the East. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Who, um, yeah. Who's he ahead of? Mizzou's quarterback. Yeah, Beanie's quarterback's going off, so. 
we're actually going to get to that here in a minute because I'm I'm high on Mike Wright. I don't think he plays for Vanderbilt next year, but uh, he he's an athlete. Yeah. So we talked about those two ACC games. I think those are going to be the biggest. Louisville's technically not favored, but ESPN will call it an upset. And then I think North Carolina gets upset. Um, so we're going to move into the SEC games because there's quite a few that we're going to talk about this week. There's a lot of good ones. Um, and like we did last week, we're going to try to go in chronological order. Full transparency, I went to Georgia Public Schools. I don't – We both If did. I got it out of order – so if I got it out of order, that's my fault. I already messed up the North Carolina game. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of good noon games this week, and we're going to start with the biggest noon game because it's time for the annual Fox Travity travesty where they take a primetime game and toss it into the noon slot because they're just as incompetent as Big Ten leadership. We got Alabama at a 20.5-point favorite, and the over-under is 61.5. So I'm going to break that down like I did last week for one of the big games. Vegas thinks Bama is going to win this game 41-21. We're just going to let that sit for a minute. This Texas team that we thought that everybody said was back. Everybody said they were back. Quinn Ewers, highest-rated quarterback to come out of high school since Vince Young. You know, phenomenal Texas quarterback. All the skill talent. They got Sark. They're still a 20-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I think Alabama rolls in this one with all the injuries that Texas has had early in the season. Um, Quinn Ewers did look good in his debut, but it was against UL Monroe. Yeah. Um, I, I think Bama rolls. I think they get 20-and-a-half. They might have a 20-and-a-half-point lead going into the second half. What do you think? Yeah. No, I definitely see that, but um... – I also see Texas winning because Alabama can't win without Jamison Williams or John Mechie. Oh, so true. So, so true. I don't know. I don't know. Right. God's <laughs> punishing Alabama with ACLs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I don't see this being a game. I see maybe the first quarter it being close just because, you know, the hype of the game, you know, the fans, it being a mm-hmm. 11 o'clock central time kickoff. Yeah, but after the first quarter, like – no. Last thing we're going to talk about for this one because I I don't think it's going to be that uh, that interesting going later into the game. Whoever makes these decisions for Fox should be put in prison. Yeah. Because what last uh, 2019 LSU at Texas phenomenal game at night atmosphere was nuts. Texas wasn't good and they played up to LSU's caliber that day. Yeah, but no, we're just we're gonna have a noon kick where half the country isn't even watching the game. I mean, there's really nothing else going on at noon. There are three other SEC games at noon that are gonna be good games. Uh, yeah. So we'll move into the next noon game that I think is gonna be a good one. We got South Carolina fighting Shane Beamers against the fighting Sam Pittman's of Arkansas. <laughs> If, That's probably a horrible boxing match. I was about to say, if Pittman and Beamer got into a fight, it would be a first-round knockout for Pittman. <laughs> and then he would turn the jukebox on. Um, Arkansas's eight-point home favorite against the Gamecocks. Over-under is 52-and-a-half. 
Arkansas was dominant in the run game. KJ Jefferson took off took off right where he finished last season. Um and we kind of we kind of talked about Georgia State earlier, but South Carolina gave up 200 rushing yards to Georgia State at at South Carolina last week. I think Arkansas rolls potentially getting up to 300 rushing yards this Ooh. week between KJ Jefferson and their running backs. Um at least a 10-point win. What do you think? Yeah, no, you hit it right on the head. Um, it being in Fayetteville, once again, those fans are going to be rowdy. Arkansas is on the up and up. Syracuse, or not Syracuse, well, when I say Syracuse, South Carolina. You don't know what to expect from them, especially with Spencer Rattler. Like, you could have Spencer Rattler from QB1, or you can have Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. You don't know what. Or you could have the mediocre quarterback he was last week. Yeah, where he was 23 for 37, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. Trust me, he is my starter in uh, an SEC only league that I'm in, and I was not real happy about it. Yeah, no, I don't know why everyone was so high on Spencer Rather. Like I, said, I wasn't high. I wasn't high on him. Everybody takes quarterbacks so early in these college leagues. I got screwed. <laughs> My options when I picked a quarterback was Spencer Rattler and Mike Wright, and I wish I had taken Mike Wright. You should have taken Mike Wright. But, yeah, no, I, I see Arkansas rolling and rolling easily. Next game we're going to talk about is the Mike Wright game. We've got Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. And Wake Forest, as of right now, is ranked. I want to say they are, yep, they are number 22 in the country. What would you say? I said 22nd. We said it at the same time. Oh. Um, yeah. Vanderbilt is playing at home against Wake Forest. Vandy is an eight-point home underdog over under at 61. Vandy looked good again. I No one said that since 2013, but Vandy looked good. They're scary. It was it granted, it was Elon. I get it. They still put up 42 points. That's two weeks in a row of 40 or more points. Mike Wright on Saturday, 245 yards passing, four touchdowns, 84 on the ground with two more touchdowns. I said it, I I will continue to say it until I look like an idiot. Mike Wright's an athlete and he's not gonna play for Vanderbilt next year. I think Vandy not just covers the eight, but I think they win outright. Wake hasn't had a good defense in years. Mike Wright is the best player possibly in the state of Tennessee. Um, what are your thoughts about that game? No, yeah. Uh, Dev, I, I like Vanderbilt outright. Um, I've been to a Wake Forest game. Um, I'm sorry. It was Army Wake Forest. I got free tickets. Was oh, was that the one at West Point you went to last year? No, that was Western Kentucky. No, this was when I was at Bragg. They gave us free tickets to go down when Army played at Wake. And, yeah, Wake sucks. Their stadium sucks. They just suck. Um, their mascot is the president Demon of the school. Deacons. Yeah, it's the president of the school. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the, with the Commodore. If Sam Hartman – played in this game. Oh, I think it would Wake be a different Forest. story. Yeah. If Sam Hartman was still the quarterback at Wake Forest, I think it would be a different story. 
you know, I don't really, I never heard what exactly happened and why he was pretty much indefinitely away from the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, no, he, he is pretty much the only reason Wake is 22 right now and he's not even playing. Yeah. But uh, I like it. I like Vanderbilt outright, which is weird to say. Yeah. And it's not against like UConn. Hell, that was a good game they had last year. I was, I was about to say, what, last year, maybe the year before, Vandy and UConn, that was a toss-up. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're talking about Vandy might have one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC East if Mike Wright keeps playing the way he Shit, is. Vandy might be the number two team in the East. If they if they win big this weekend, I think there's a real argument for it. Yeah. So... Now we're going to go to App State at A&M. I think this is – we'll just get right into it, and then I'll go into my thoughts here in a minute. A&M is a 17-point home favorite against the team that just barely lost to UNC because they couldn't make a field goal. Over-under is 53-and-a-half. Um, Haynes King, who A&M fans would lead you to believe, was the savior of the program after their last two or three saviors of the program. Haynes King threw two picks against Sam Houston State, and they didn't have a single running back go over 42 yards. I'm going to stay away from this one with my money, but for the sake of the show, I'm taking App State plus 17. Their offense was good last week. Like like I said, I'm not putting my money on it. I'm keeping my wallet away, but my eyes glued. The the other thing is, is Kyle Field, man. Abstate, I'm sure Abstate's never seen anything like Caulfield. Um, the question yeah. is, are they going to show up for a noon kick against a group of five team? It's not noon. It's 3.30. Is it 3.30? I thought it was a noon game. I like said, sorry, guys. I don't know how to read a clock. I went I went to Georgia Public Schools. It's a 3.30 kickoff. But yeah, no, I mean, I like Abstate to cover the 17, but I think, I think A&M wins by at least two touchdowns. I I can see that, but I can I can also see App State winning this outright. They're the Goliath. They are David to the Goliath of Power Five teams. Yeah, God, if they did, ain't it? Jesus, that would be that'd be fun if that happened. A and M would fall out of the top twenty-five if they lost to App State. They would go from Top 10 to done. Next, we're going to move into Tennessee at Pitt. This is – Tennessee lost this game last year. No Uh, matter what – Pitt has won every matchup against Tennessee. I just saw that on ESPN. No matter what a Tennessee fan will tell you, Pitt won this game. It doesn't matter who played what. Tennessee <laughs> lost at home against Pitt last season, and no one played well. Somehow, Tennessee is a road seven-point favorite against a ranked opponent. The over-under is 65-and-a-half. Pitt played a hard-fought game last week against West Virginia. So much fun. So much fun. But Tennessee – did score a lot last week. Got to give it to them. 
They also gave up. Right. uh, Getting there. Getting there. They also gave up 10 points to a team that went four and four in Mac conference play last season. Hey, hey, don't hit on action, right? I'm not hating on action. I'm hating on the quality of opponent. (laughs) Um, This is going to be a ton of offense. I could see this hitting the over by the end of the third quarter. I'm, I, if I was putting money on it, I would take Pitt and the points. This is another one I am staying away with from, though. I There's too much up in the air. I have no confidence in putting my money on this game. What, what about you? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, Pitt is 3-0 against Tennessee. They've never lost to Tennessee, which – Thanks, ESPN, for literally just putting that up on the screen. Don't <laughs> um, worry. We'll, we'll clip out that audio and post it in the group for one special individual. Oh, yeah. And you know who you are. But, no, I, I'm i high. After that West Virginia game, like, yeah, I thought West Virginia was in. I'm, I'm high on Pitt. I, I think Pitt wins. I think it's close, but I, I think Pitt ultimately pulls it Ooh, out. Oh, so you call on the upset. I'm, I'm calling Pitt. I'm Pitt going for it. Pitt will be 4-0 against Tennessee after Saturday. Pitt will be 4-0 against Tennessee after Saturday. You can clip Love that. Love it. Too. Love it. <laughs> Next game we're going into is the other SEC game of the weekend. We've got Kentucky at Florida. Uh, Florida's a four-and-a-half point home favorite after their win against the, at the time, number seven Utah Utes. The over-under on this game is 51-and-a-half. Um, as of Monday evening, when we're recording this, C-Rod is still out for the game. Uh, last week, Kentucky struggled to run the ball against Miami of Ohio. But Will Les play, or Will Levis played just like he did late last season, going 21-32, 202 passing yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, wrong. Oh, wait, never mind. What's wrong? Yeah, no, yeah, he had 303 yards. 303. Sorry, guys, I typed this on my phone. <laughs> 303 yards, 21 32, 303 yards, passing three touchdowns and one interception. Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators played the game of their lives last week against Utah. Anthony Richardson was kind of who we expected him to be. Um, He's an inexperienced dual threat quarterback. He's going to hit his first read no matter who it is, or he's going to take off running. Um, the Florida run game was improved, but how much of that was Utah typically only rushing three, and how much of that was actually Florida having a good offensive line? Yeah. Um, I hate this causes me literal pain to say out loud, but I think I'm going to take Florida minus the points in this one. Please tell me I'm an idiot. I mean, I've said at the beginning of the season, I'm not high on Kentucky. I'm really not, and they struggled against uh, Miami of Ohio. But I think Florida isn't what everyone's hyping them up to be, or at least Anthony Richardson. He had he was 17 to 24 with 168 yards and no touchdowns. He had three touchdowns overall. They were all rushing. He Correct. is. The fact that they're comparing him to Tim Tebow. Ignorant. Yeah, it's absurd. 
We saw what he did last year against a good defense when they played Georgia. Oh, yeah. you mean all those turnovers? Yeah, like he's not what everyone thinks he is. Maybe I could I could be wrong, and maybe it's like Seth, and he had a full offseason being the the number one guy. But like you said, he hits his first read or he's gone. And I think I like Kentucky with the points. Oh, okay. I don't like Kentucky winning outright, but I could see them covering. I see it being close. I would love for you to be right. It's four and a half. Yeah. I see I see it being close. I see Florida having to come like a late field goal or something to like take the lead and something like that. Then another bullshit interception or whatever. Thanks, ref. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Cavazia Smoke only had thirty two yards rushing last week. Against Miami of Ohio, just yeah. to reiterate that. No, I I think we would both love to see uh, love to see Kentucky win this game just because we are firmly anti University of Florida on this podcast. But head over heart, I I think Florida wins, and I hate it. I yeah, hate I mean, everything about that. I just said that out loud. I mean, two home games in a row. They just beat Utah. Like the swamp's going to be hyped. It's a night game. Of course, they get a fucking night game. Second one in a row. Yeah. And they're going to be ranked this week. Guarantee. Guarantee they're going to be ranked. And then they beat Kentucky, and then they jump into the top 15. I would I would put money on if they beat Kentucky, they're a top 15 team next week. Who do they get week three? Oh, wait, they're not in the top 25. Hold on. You're eating. Keep going. I'm just – I'll look it up real quick because I'm already on a page so I can see it. They got Kentucky, USF, Tennessee. Yeah, they're – yeah. Tennessee, They'll be a top 15 team next week. Tennessee might be the first loss. Yeah. And then they'll lose to Missouri. I hope so. That's their arch nemesis. For whatever reason, Florida cannot consistently beat Missouri, and it's hilarious. It's the, uh, the Vader helmet. Good old Darth idiot. Um, so we're going to move into the Georgia versus Sanford game. We're not really going to break this one down because it's honestly just not a quality opponent and they don't have a lot of tape. They don't have a lot for us to go off of. Um, but let's take this time to remember Sanford put up 56 on Florida last year. And they're one and out right now. They beat Kansas State. Sanford beat Kennesaw State? Yeah, last week. Oh. Oh. Kennesaw State's usually good. 27 to 17. Undefeated Sanford. <laughs> Rolling into Sanford State. <laughs> um, so we're going to try something different. Instead of breaking the game down, we're going to do three things you want to see from the dogs this week. I'll let you go first. Uh, number one is uh, more pressure on the quarterback. Um. Which, I mean, coming into that game, we knew Oregon had probably one of the best offensive lines in the nation, returning four or five starters. Um, we knew it was going to be tough to get pressure on Bo Nix, but I, I, want, I want to see more pressure on the quarterback. Um, that's number one. 
Number two, I want let to see the big more. dogs eat. Yeah, let the big dogs eat. I want to see more of the run game. Um, I'm happy we open it up. I'm happy we let Stetson throw. But I want to see more of the run game. I want to see what we can do on the ground. And then I don't a third one, like it was kind of hard to think about a third one, but like I want to see more than just Carson Beck when Stetson comes out. So I I'd love to see what, what Carson Beck can do, but I also want to see what Brock and Gunnar Stockton can do. So I want to see more quarterback play. There we go. Those are my three. It's kind of hard to come up with a third one. Yeah, no, I – so, like I texted you earlier, I actually wrote down a bunch, and you took two of my top three there. So, <laughs> great minds think alike, right? So, my number one thing I want to see this week, improvement on the run defense. Oregon had 140 yards rushing last week. I know a lot of that was Bo Nix being athletic. I know a lot of that was Oregon having a very good offensive line. But a lot of the runs that were stopped last week were by the secondary players instead of the front seven. Yeah. Um, I do think that had a lot to do with the defense being a nickel package for most of the game to try and take away the big plays. But I I would love to, if they could find a way to keep Samford under, I don't know, let's say 50, 75 rushing yards just to go back to trying to be that same team that they've been for three years in a row now. I could, I could see that happening. It's Samford. Right. And that's why I have it at such a low number. Like I'm not I'm not expecting them to do what last year's team did, but I just against the not really that good opponent, I want to see them absolutely lock down the run game. I mean they had ninety um, rushing they had their running back had ninety yards last week. More than Georgia had. <laughs> I guarantee you Kirby said that in a meeting yesterday. <laughs> Guarantee that. Um, my next uh, next thing I want to see this week, I want to see different guys rotate into that corner spot. Last mm. week it was Kamari Lassiter and Keely Ringo playing most of the uh, snaps at corner. Malachi and Chris Surfer-Smith were safeties for most of the game, but I want to see different guys play corner. Keely is obviously a lockdown guy, but we need that solid second third, I'm even going to say a fourth option. Yeah. Deep into the season, you need those guys to have experience because what happens if even just say Kamari Lasseter gets his helmet knocked off in a play? He's got to come or, out. Or gets on sportsmanlike conduct for tackling somebody. Right. Yeah. Don't tackle, guys. <laughs> they don't allow that on the West Coast. You have to softly lay down a pillow and set somebody down. <laughs> that was um, but yeah, no, I mean we need more we need more guys to have experience, especially going into the better offenses late into the season. Just think everybody says you drop eight against Mississippi State, and we only have two corners with experience right now. Um I think that's gonna be I think it's gonna be something big that I'd like to see against this team and then Kent State in a couple weeks. My last thing, it's not it's not something that a lot of people are gonna think about. I wanna see fans actually at the game in the fourth quarter. And I know that might sound stupid, but Atlanta traffic's bad. I get it. The stadium had well under 50% people left in it in the fourth quarter last week. Once that game got put away, there were a lot of Oregon fans. And then Georgia fans 
I'd say half or more of the Georgia fans cleared out going into the fourth quarter. Like once they did the lights and Krypton fanfare, it was just everybody left. This is the first home game as reigning national champions. We got to show up. We got to show out. We got to be loud. These young guys that are playing big snaps, Malachi Starks, Kamari Lasser, they've never played in a loud environment at home. We need to show them what it's like because, once again, I know everybody's probably tired of me talking about Mississippi State. It's going to be loud every single play. With the cowbells going, it's going to be loud. These guys need to have the experience, and they've earned us showing up, showing out, being loud, supporting the team. We don't want to be the mean fans that Alabama has that are gone at the second half. That That's not something we want to be known for as a fan base. I, if you're listening and going to the game – Stay until the fourth quarter, even if it's just for me. <laughs> now, I've never left a game early. I I don't think I have either. I I don't remember leaving a game early. No, like even you paid the money, stay. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. But no, yeah, I agree. Definitely need to. I don't want to be Alabama when it comes to the sense of the fans leaving and then having it happen to stadium in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, it, it's disappointing, especially – and the thing is, Georgia fans, even in a blowout, they're going to stay through Krypton fanfare, right? Yeah. Because everybody puts the fours up, and then it's like you put your arm down that last time and just pick your bags up and leave. That's what it <laughs> seems like in these blowouts. And it's disappointing. And don't get me wrong, I love the extra leg room. I, I love it. I love to be able to spread out at the end of a game. But I would like it even more if, like during the Oregon game, the fans that were there were loud. That fourth quarter, fourth and goal, where Bo Nix was trying for the end zone, like that was loud. Even though it was late in the game, they they got loud. And I yeah. want to see that happen even in, even in this game. I I feel like that helps too because we had a couple um, recruits there, two Bama recruits that were trying to, you know, swing on over to our side. We're at that Oregon game, so – yeah, no, I every, – every, people are watching everything you do when you're on top of the mountain. We got to show up and show out. Yeah, for sure. But that is going to do it for us on our week two breakdown. We'll be back again on Tuesdays when we're going to put the episode out of next week. Um, and then next week is South Carolina week. We've got a, another guest coming on to help us break down South Carolina Gamecocks next week. Um, I don't necessarily think we're going to put out hints and keep it a secret, but we'll kind of wait until closer to announce who it is. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to say it at the end of every week and Wes is going to laugh at me at the end of every week. Follow our Instagram at nothing.finder.pod. Our Facebook group is nothing finder podcast. Just search us on Facebook. Um, we do have the Gmail, nothingfinerpod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you can get us on Instagram, Facebook, email. Um, I'm going to continue to put questions up. Someone actually answered the question last week, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, Stickers, five-star rating and review. Send us a screenshot. I'll send you a sticker, handwritten note. Can't promise you can read it. We are are working on shirts. Like I said, I'll post a picture in the Facebook group. also, my wife made some koozies. If y'all have interest in those, we might sell those too. Um, 
yeah, just, just kind of let us know. Um, Wes, do you have anything else for this week? That's it. All right, guys. Always remember, there's nothing finer in the land. Than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. He need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.